1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Local Youth Worker, a podcast brought to you by Reformed Youth Ministries. I'm your host, John Parrott. Uh, This is episode 367, and I'm here with Greg, and actually Brad, and we'll talk to Brad in in just a minute, but I'm here with Greg Meyer. Greg, how's it going?
2: It's going pretty well, John.
1: Uh, We are here at Laguna Beach Christian Retreat Center in Panama City Beach uh, at high school week one. Um, Something I've been meaning to say, too, to those who listen, We know the audio is a little different than what it typically is so we hope that you're able to listen to these all right and as we're sitting here recording we said it uh, pre-recording um the air conditioning can be loud in this room and we're in these horribly squeaky chairs so um we'll see if it picks up any of that um greg i'd love for you to share an essential book for youth ministry for us uh do you have and greg just got done teaching an elective too so his 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 mind might be a little shot but um what are some thoughts of an essential book for youth ministry? I'll
2: give. is it okay if I just give like quick hits on a few? Sure. Yeah. I totally. don't like have one big one. Um, I'll say, uh, one this is probably a popular one is sustainable youth ministry. Is that Mark, yeah. DeVries? Mark DeVries? Yeah. That's right. so that was a really helpful book just for me learning how to just structure a youth ministry and the, the things that you need to be thinking about more broadly. So that's a book I've given out to folks. Um, I'm trying to remember the one Walt Mueller book with the guy skateboarding on it. Was that one?
1: Yeah, um, engaging the soul of youth culture.
2: Yes, when he talked about just how you um, kind of taking an Act 17 posture towards just mm-hmm. observing the culture of your students and um, and, and you know reinforcing that it's cross cultural youth uh, cross cultural mission work you're doing when you're mm-hmm. doing youth ministry. Um, one that's not really about youth ministry. There's the the trellis and the vine. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the guys, the two Australian guys, right? I'm forgetting the names too, yeah. But um, that is just in terms of how you prioritize discipleship in terms of making sure your ministry is about discipling leaders who will disciple leaders um, They're not so focused so much on building the structures that you forget that. And so that was that was really um, a helpful book. And there was one other that I was thinking about. Oh, this is in one book, but um, a guy named Tim Elmore in a gr- group called Growing Leaders has done a lot of stuff on um, social emotional learning. Okay. And so he's come out with a bunch of different books about Gen Z and other stuff like that that I found really helpful in terms of just teaching more effectively hmm. uh, to, to Gen Z and just, just, just to students.
1: That's good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when you were talking about Walt Mueller's book, um, I was thinking, uh, so what well, we have a class at RTS that we teach every other year and um, uh, that's uh, yeah, essential reading. I mean, we've got that assigned for that class. And what's interesting is just, you know, it's 2021 i think was the last time that class was taught and the students in that class were still talking about how relevant that book is today and i cannot remember if that was back in early 2000s when that book came out
2: i, I don't know but i just remember him talking about like mtv and like pods <laughs> and so yeah it makes me happy because yeah ready.
1: that's right it's a, it can be dated in some spots but yeah. still just so applicable and and helpful to youth workers um so yeah the other books are great as well that that's one that just um we obviously love Walt Mueller at, at RYM and he's been on this podcast many a times and appreciate his work uh, but Greg thanks for that uh right now here's our rested development segment with Scott and Linda Hey, everybody, welcome back to Rested Development. Um, I'm here with Linda Oliver. Linda, how's it going? Pretty well. All right, and Scott Bird.
3: Doing good, John.
1: Um, We are here at um, our Florida conference, um, Middle School, Florida. Um, And I just want to say this too I don't know if this is going to be repeated in some other segment, but. Um, I know the, the audio quality isn't the same, um, that we typically have, as we've said, our insanely good studio quality of the local youth worker (laughs) that we, we typically have, but yeah, we're trying to figure this out on the road and, um, still uh, be able to get you all content out there. Um, so yeah, uh, Linda and Scott, it's funny we're we're talking about kind of the rest and work balance and you're halfway through a middle school conference, um, Linda, how are you feeling? Uh, just fatigue-wise, sleep-wise, are you uh, re- resting at all in this insane week?
0: Yeah, I mean, my body definitely feels a little more tired. I um, I believe that I ate something with dairy in it, which because I tend to get a sore throat and uh, like a uh, little yeah. bit of drainage from that, and I'm feeling a little bit of that. So either that or something's good, but I it, this is what I feel like when I eat dairy. Ah. So that f- has me a little bit dragging.
1: Well, I'm I'm glad we can get you to talk more <laughs> to yeah. to help your sore throat. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, Scott, how, how are you feeling? I'm I'm pretty tired. Uh Yeah, and you might can tell my voice is pretty shot. Uh mm-hmm. But yeah, it's good. I, I'm also feeling kind of some, you know nasal Mm -hmm. stuff one of the kids told me i snored all night last (laughs) night so you know there's something going on there but feeling feeling okay
1: yeah and we're all we all have some form of caffeine in front of us right now right is that tea uh
0: yeah this is my second tea of the day but i don't think this one has caffeine in it i I drank green tea first this has turmeric in it which sounds healthy so yeah it is yeah (laughs) i've heard that's. it is it seems
1: like it's one of those like uh miracle foods Mm -hmm. right okay yeah. um is it a spice or a season or something what is it exactly
0: yeah yeah you can use it um, as seasoning okay yeah and you can take it just straight pill form which i also do
1: oh ah, smart <laughs> there you go well that's all the time we have for today so uh no. <laughs> health tips <for> me <laughs> um no i thought you know as we're doing this um rested development segment uh we've had aj swoboda kelly kapik uh dan duriani um, but I thought it'd be good to just uh, let's talk kind of practically youth ministry and just ministry in general of, you know, how we try to maintain this rest and work balance. And I know there, there's not a balance. I know it's impossible this out of heaven. You know, I want to say that it's not like we can, you know, get this figured out. But um, uh, m- maybe a way to begin this is just kind of talking about uh, you know, your schedule um, at the office. Sometimes I think it's helpful. I know it was for me, at least when I was doing youth ministry, just to talk to other youth workers. Hey, what does your week look like? What do you do? Um, sometimes it's hard when, you know, students are in class all day long and you're just kind of in the office. It's like, how can I best spend my time? Um, maybe just kind of starting there. Um, Linda, you can go first if you want, then, then Scott. what What does kind of your in office time look like in the week like stuff away from students what, what, what do you try to do in the office and then Scott, you can pick up after linda
0: yeah so try, so i guess it first of all depends on what meetings i have because i'll tend to have like a meeting just about you stuff and then a meeting uh every week with the whole church staff, every other week, there's like leadership team meetings. And sometimes I'm meeting with uh, someone I supervise about stuff. So, and then I also meet with my supervisor once a week. So those tend to fill up like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, a bit. And then other than that, it's a lot of, I don't, I'm not one of the people that's like, oh, well, I always do lesson prep on this day or what, like, it really just depends. So I don't know. Yeah. Lesson prep, like getting things together for, um, all of the things that are coming up. Like, I mean, a lot of it recently has been getting the details together and out to parents for this trip and then resending it to them because it got lost in the black hole of their email and resending it again because they still can't find it. Um, yeah, I don't, so I don't know if I have like a very good way to describe all all of that, but, um, yeah, I don't know if you have more to say, Scott.
3: Yeah, I, I hate this question <laughs> students always ask me, what do you do during the day? i like, well.
0: Like uh, nothing because everything just puts itself together. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I kind of do usually have a little bit of a doing the same thing every. Mm-hmm. So Mondays usually I start to think about the lesson for Wednesday night. Tuesdays kind of more kind of research, planning it out. And then Wednesday, a lot of Wednesday is dedicated to just kind of filling out the, the main lesson for um, Wednesday night. So that's kind of part of what I do. Um, I meet with youth staff on on Monday afternoons, the whole youth, I mean the whole church staff on Mondays uh, as well. So Mondays are a lot of meetings. Um, you usually try to get with a student. We, we aim for two, we say two one-on-ones is good for the week. And then uh, three is great, so that's kind of our our goal. So usually out of the office by like three forty five, something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, but usually if you know Wednesday nights, I usually take a longer lunch uh, just to have time with my family because I'm missing out. Bedtime is the most exhausting, you know, time of the day. It seems like trying to get the kids in bed, and so my wife is doing that by herself, and uh, so I just try to stay home and try to help get the kids in bed for naps and that kind of thing, just try to help out where I can, um, on those days. So it's kind of,
1: yeah, no. Um, and and I'm curious too. uh, well, I guess I'll ask that one in, in a little bit, but yeah, Scott, you and I used to work together and I know oftentimes we would talk about the importance of reading, you know, for our job, um, that, sometimes early on we can feel guilty of okay we're youth workers we should be with the youth but we're sitting in an office with a book and we're reading right now um and so i'm curious do you i mean linda do you do that scott do you do that do you take time i mean to to you know research youth culture to read any just kind of pastoral book uh, talk talk to us a little bit about what that looks like kind of in your weekly schedule
0: yeah, what I've started to do in the past year or so is um, just have it on my to do for every day that I have 15 minutes I set aside just to read. Because um, and sometimes I'll find like larger pockets, but there's some book I'm reading or whatever that 15 minutes not not on Sundays because Sundays is our program day. We don't have programs on Wednesday nights, but Monday through Thursday, I've got 15 minutes set aside each of those days that I'm I'm just gonna read
3: yeah we so I'm reading is 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 work for me I'm not a good reader I heard John Piper one time say that he can only read as fast as he can form words in his mouth I was like yes that's me you know I'm, I'm a slow reader and uh so it's work for me to do it, but I, I need to do it. And so um, one of the things that makes me do it is reading through a book with a, with our youth staff. And so I know every week in our staff meeting, this is something you did, John, with us when I worked with you. Um, but every week in staff meeting, we we're going to talk about what it was that we read. And so that keeps me kind of moving and, and going. Um, but also, I just started this uh, full focus planner. Have you all heard of this? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. Michael Hyatt. Uh, uh, yeah, Michael Hyatt. yeah. And so he he makes you pick three goals for kind of the quarter and then you pick three goals for the week that three things that you want to accomplish and then three goals every day so if you do these three goals you've had a successful day and so um I've got something coming up in September that I need to do some reading on and so that's one of my goals for the for this quarter is to um just to read that book and um so anyway it's kind of it's helpful, I think, to, to put that as one of the goals. Like, I want to read this book by this time. And then every week you can kind of look at that and see how you're doing on those bigger goals.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, that was something, uh, that reading. Yeah, I just more and more became convinced. And, yeah, everything you just said, Scott, I'm not a strong reader. I'm a slow reader. Um, sometimes I can enjoy it. Other times it can be more work. But I just became convinced, especially as, you know, the issues – from same-sex attraction to cutting to all sorts of things, where I realized, man, we've got to be reading to know how to counsel these students, you know, how to get proper help to these students. Um, And so something I know that we would do is always have a book with us, um, especially when we were going to pick up students or meet a student, um, because youth workers who are listening to this know um, sometimes teenagers cancel their um, plans with you. Um, Sometimes they don't show up. When you, you know, we planned our week around it, we were ready, we're there, and then they don't show up. And so, you know, if one of the staff members was meeting at a coffee shop and the youth worker, I'm sorry, the the student didn't show up, the youth worker just, you know, pulls a book out and reads whatever it is and spends, you know, an hour there. And so that doesn't throw off their whole routine, their whole schedule. And um, you're able to kind of fit that into other pockets of time. Um, Yeah. And as you were talking about that planner too, I was thinking, um, someone who's been on this podcast and who also wrote the track booklet, A Student's Guide to Gaming, is Reagan Rose, and he runs Redeeming Productivity, and I just think that's a helpful website. Everyone needs to check out periodically, sign up for his newsletter, but he just sends out, and I mean, he's got a podcast too, so so listening to that, but he has so many helpful, kind of like you said, accomplishing three tasks in a day or a week or whatever, just ways to think about being productive, but also um, not kind of a guilt and shaming of, you know, needing to do more um, in each and every day. Anyway, it's, it's really helpful. So that's a resource I want to point people to. Um, talk just a little bit about um, maybe weekly programs, um, or yeah, let, let's talk about, yeah, weekly programs that you guys typically have in your, your schedule. What, Linda, what is your typically kind of time with students look like?
0: Yeah, so during the school year, we have um, what's basically a Sunday school um, that's middle school and high school combined, and then Sunday evenings, we do a middle school, like, kind of hybrid large group, small group program, where we do part of it all together, like worship and game and whatnot, and then we split them into small groups followed immediately by the high school program and the high schoolers get dinner in their program. Um, and in terms of like other programs we regularly do with students, like there's really nothing else during the week. Um, we have a Christian school that's attached to our church and sometimes we can plan things with students during their lunch periods. Um, and so they'll come up to our like youth ministry space and hang out with us. Um, Occasionally, we've, like, served them pizza and whatnot, Um, but I wouldn't really consider those necessarily programs. Um, More often, I'm actually, like, walking through lunch, finding students, and just chatting with them. Um, But, yeah, those are really our our, um, basic programs, unless it's, like, a special week that we have, like, an extra event or something.
3: Yeah, I think ours is, is probably pretty similar. We have Sunday school um, and then we do small groups on Sunday afternoons where we, you know, each small group is doing something different, but the goal of those small groups is, is more fellowship and connection than, than any kind of teaching or whatever. But, um, and then Wednesday night is our large group. That's kind of our main big thing. And that's from students show up after school. So that's like four o'clock to about seven They're there. Mm-hmm.
1: So okay. that's helpful. Um, look, what I want to get into is, uh, you know, students' activities that you go to, extracurricular things. Um, What I was thinking is, you know, it's kind of getting close to time on this one. Um, Maybe next week, let's, let's pick up with this and let's look at, okay, how do you maintain a balance of going to student activities, but then we'll get a little bit more into kind of the rest aspect of ministry. You know, what are some practical things you guys try to do? Uh, to pull away from ministry at times. Um, But I think it's helpful just to kind of, again, share schedules, talk about some things that have worked and haven't worked um, this week. So I guess focused a little bit more on work this week, but then next week kind of get into the, the rest aspect more. So Linda, Scott, thanks for your time. I look forward to talking to you more next week. Hey everybody, I am back here with uh, Greg Meyer and Brad Robson. Uh, We are in Laguna Beach uh, together. Um, And it's funny, we we record these out of sequence, and I know I kind of already said some of that anyway, but uh, we're in a room that's not the best. Um, Could have some interruptions, some people could walk in, we've got really squeaky chairs. Um, But... Uh, Greg, look, I know you've been on the podcast before. Brad, I, yeah, you have not. Why don't you just, where you are, how, where you're serving, how long you've been there, maybe family. Awesome.
4: Okay. Uh, yeah, my name is Brad Robson. i from IPC, Independent Presbyterian Church in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, we are a PCA church, not an independent church. <laughs> uh, we well, used to be an independent church, but we are a PCA church uh, since 2000. Um, I've been at IPC. This is my 12th summer. Wow. Um, so just at my 11th year anniversary there. Um, love um, Memphis, love our church uh, it's, it's a great spot um, love our students um, married and have uh, two kids, a nine year old and a five year old and um, yeah we're just loving it
1: awesome, man yeah congrats on summer 12 for you that's that's an accomplishment feels like a milestone <laughs> yes, um, well look Yeah, this summer uh, those who listen know that we've been talking about just a lot of various things youth ministry related um, and we'll get into some FAQs, something that we have been talking about as well is pro tips. So I don't know Brad or Greg who wants to go first on a youth ministry pro tip. Um, but Greg, why don't you go, you got yeah, pro tip Brad, for us.
2: Brad threw the, the mic over, so <laughs> I'm to get it going. Um, a couple, and this may be for, particularly for those who are jumping into a new, um, new church or starting off, but, um, this is something as I look back at at my time. Uh, I really just make the first six months to a year s- focusing on building relationships with with students and with families, um, not being in too much of a rush to make big, you know, programmatic or hmm. structural changes. Um, and, and I think that's kind of a heart posture too. I did, I know I was in a hurry to like you know feeling a little insecure, wanting to be the leader and and feeling that pressure, but also just not not really putting the emphasis and the focus in the place that um, maybe it should have been. And then along the lines of that, and I've, and I've given this advice to other people too, is after you've done that, after you spent that time, started building those relationships, um, in the background, something you can be doing if you haven't done it already. And this is advice I got from a friend is, clarify what your own personal philosophy of ministry is. You know, maybe some bullet points of, like, this is what I'm about. And, and it, some of it is maybe, you know, we are talking about the PCA that might be aligned with your denomination or whatever. But some of it may just be personal to you and how you want to do youth ministry, how it fits your church and uh, community, you know, wherever you live in your context. And, and start to clarify that and co- have conversations about that so you know that, hey, this is, this is what's driving and leading me. Um, and then seeing how that meshes with the church's overall vision and mission because you're really wanting to pull in the same direction as the church you're at. And so having that vision and mission aligned Um, with with where the church is going and so that that's a process you can do in the background and then then once you're clarifying how you want to do ministry how you're feeling called to do it what your church is about then you can make and you have the relationships you can make those programmatic and structural decisions much better Mm -hmm. and so um, that that's some advice I would give just um, a pro tip um, especially for those starting out and even if you've been somewhere for a while you can always step back and do that kind of work.
1: Mhm. That, that's helpful. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying philosophy of ministry cuz I can remember coming on staff and you know early on as I'm starting youth ministry and really early on when I was an intern in college I was just like, okay, I can throw a frisbee and I'm doing youth ministry. And then when people started saying philosophy of ministry, I was like, what is philosophy of? What does that even guy mean? Can hammer throw. We're, we're, <laughs> we're all good. no nah, yeah, yeah. And then not anymore the shoulders aren't what they used to be. Um but yeah, just uh, philosophy of ministry. I mean, just people out there hearing that, some people know what, what you're talking about, but just, yeah, your your basic kind of beliefs and, and how you want to go about kind of the discipleship process. And so if somebody's listening and they haven't done that, that's a good good place to start. Just like you said, kind of bullet point some things. And then, like you said, look at the overarching kind of philosophy of the church and the culture and, and fitting in there. So that's helpful. Uh, Brad, when you hear pro tip, is there anything that comes to mind Um your years of ministry?
4: Yeah, I think I heard you say that someone recently on the podcast said don't take yourself too seriously. Yes, yeah. Um, And I think that that's just in youth ministry. That's just golden. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Just being here this week at RYM at Florida, like when (laughs) when kids get up and walk away, it's okay to just get up and walk with them. They're not (laughs) making a statement that they don't want to be with you. (laughs) And so just, um, you know, not taking yourself too seriously, just following students around. I think another big thing that I've learned just over the years is knowing which hills you're willing to die on i think oftentimes uh, earlier in ministry there were hills that i died on that i should have probably just not died on (laughs) if that makes sense just little things that weren't a big deal that i made into big things and Mm -hmm. it can just ruin your relationship with students or with staff um and so that's that's one thing i think for those of us too who are on big staffs or staffs that have multiple youth workers or volunteers to like highlight the gifts of the people that Mm. um that that are working with you and for you um, and being willing to do things that you maybe that are outside of your comfort zone, so that other people can shine mm-hmm. in the things that they're gifted in, um, and really being able to work hard to make sure that the people who work with you are well cared for and mm-hmm. um, have an opportunity to shine at what they excel at um, mm-hmm. is, is an important thing.
1: Yeah. No, that, that's, that's really good. Um, and I know kind of, and I think I've said something like this on the podcast, like early on, I was very territorial of the youth ministry and my students and kind of me wanting just to, to do it all on my own. But the older I got and the more my energy started to wane, I was like, I need some other people helping me out and to be able to have like you said, other people that you can highlight their gifts and realize they can connect with a student better than, than I can. Um, Yeah. yeah, I oftentimes
4: tell my staff, like when I leave for vacation, sometimes we go to Maine in the summers and we'll be gone for two weeks. And as a youth worker, that's kind of scary to leave for two (laughs) weeks, but my boss has let me, so, which is a wonderful thing, but I often get back and I tell my staff, I'm like, things are much better without me. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm working myself out of a job, Um, but really like good leaders, um, equip the people who work with them Mm. to excel. Um, and so, um, that's that's an important part of ministry. Too. Yeah,
1: so true. And I'm already forgetting, what was your second one that you said? I need more coffee today. You said, <sighs> no, don't take yourself too seriously. And Noah then the second... Ch- Noah chills to die on. Yes. Okay, that was, Yeah. Because I, yeah, I can, I just look back sometimes and I cringe at thinking of, man, why did I make such a big deal out of this? I should have just let that go. I've, um, I've mellowed
4: yeah. out a lot more in ministry. <laughs> like, I'm okay leaving a room unclean when I leave RYM. Like, I'm sure John doesn't like hearing that, but... I, I don't care. I was like, a, clean up the room. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, you're terrible. Like, it's, the kids won't like you. And so, i yeah. yeah. um, trying to clean up the, you know, and so I think the longevity helps too. Mm. And so, like, as much, you know... I God calls people to different places at different times, but as much as um, if, if if you have the opportunity to be in a place for a long time and to get to know people and families and parents, um, I'm just seeing that pay major dividends mm-hmm. down the road mm-hmm. um, at my church. And so, um, those um, are just a few thoughts.
1: Yeah, that's good. And that last part, just the the relational aspect, which Greg, that was tying into what you're saying of just yeah taking the time to get to know the students and get to know the families. Um, that's I mean that's that's ministry getting in people's lives. Um, well, that's, that's some helpful pro tips guys. Um, I know we've got a list of, you know, about 20 questions here that we've just kind of compiled from other youth workers, some, uh, frequently asked questions. Um, and I think right before we started recording, one of y'all said maybe something about a teaching technique. Um, so, so the question is what's a teaching technique that's been really helpful in youth ministry? Um, Greg or Brad, do you want to jump in, Greg?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in. and I know that you y'all uh interviewed Tasha Chapman. Right? Yes. Yeah. So listen to that. The the guru of That's teaching us. Yes. yeah. No, she's she's coming, um she did a workshop with our since we're in St. Louis um uh, where she is at coming to seminary. You know, she's coming done a workshop with our leaders and um, a lot of our student or a lot of our leaders have been seminary students, so they've they've gotten to um sit under her teaching. But uh, being realistic about the amount of content to cover. <laughs> yes. Um, not to say we we want to give you know theologically rich teaching, but just also understanding, having an appreciation for learning styles and uh, developmental stage, and some of those things are uh, what what Tasha talks a lot about is having a learning objective hmm. of w- what's the goal in, in this time together and being realistic about the amount of content you can actually communicate. So we've had curriculum for Sunday School and other things that we've used that it's just like three or four times as much content that really can be um, can be really engaged with. And that, that's really the goal that Tasha talks about is your, your goal is learner engagement. Yeah. And uh, you know that they're engaged by, I mean, you, you know, like if you're up and you're teaching <laughs> or you're in a conversation, you know if people are, the body language tells you if they're engaged or not and if they're asking questions. And then something else Tasha talks about too is just asking good questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's got a whole whole thing about that. Um, and so often the questions we, we ask are actually discouraging engagement and response. And so that's something as well. And going along with that, just finding ways to appeal to all different types of learners, not just, you know, and this is our churches too, but we're so geared towards auditory learning Mm -hmm. and sermons and lectures. And honestly, that's, that's one way of teaching. It's not even always the best way. And we have flexibility as a youth ministry. It doesn't, everything doesn't have to be a sermon and a lecture. Mm -hmm. So thinking about ways to introduce um, just visual aspects. Years ago, I started you know, having a, having a slides uh, for what I'm doing, and some of it has just, you know, this can be kind of fun. You can put memes and GIFs in there that, that are related <laughs> to whatever you're talking about. You can show clips of videos. You can, and, and some uh, that takes time, and you know, not everybody's, uh, you know, it doesn't come as natural to everybody, but you're, you're giving them something to look at while they're hearing you, um, and then creating times where they can engage as well. You mm-hmm. know, uh, one of the things Tasha talks about is think, pair, share. Mm-hmm. You know, you give, you give them something to think about on their own. They share it with their neighbor, uh, or they pair up, and then they share it with the group. And so you're, you're doing that learner engagement, giving them things to write write on during the lessons. Um, you're, you know, that's kinetic engagement, yeah. uh, hands-on. Because most of our kids are not auditory learners. Mm-hmm. And so if we really want to maximize the, the teaching and um, conversation time we have, we really need to be sensitive to those things. And uh, that's something I've I've had to grow in, and um, we, we really build a lot of space for that. And, and just having freedom to be flexible. Like, you mm-hmm. don't – you have more flexibility in youth group because it's not a worship service. Yeah. And so you can do different things um, in that time. And so th- those would be some teaching techniques. And then trying – I mean, not, and s- some people are better at this than others, but trying to be as, as much of, like, not having the barrier of your notes or your laptop that be between mm-hmm. you and students, as much as you're able to kind of step aside from that – or um, just be very direct and, and vulnerable with them. Yeah, um, and that that takes that takes time as well. But um, all of those things are just to increase engagement, and are just going to make uh, increase the quality of the of the time you have with students. Mm-hmm. So those are a few things that have yeah. developed over time, and that and that goes back to the stuff I mentioned before about social emo- emotional learning. <laughs> um, thinking about your small group time is not just time to process the data they've just received, <laughs> but to learn how to relate to one another, mm-hmm. to learn how to listen, to learn how to share vulnerably, um, to learn how to ask questions. And um, just to, I mean, we've, we've said this before, that might be the only time in the week where our students, or even us sometimes, are, are, are having that kind of interaction with people. Mm-hmm. And so we're offering something just in the nature of it. Um, that's really, really um, powerful and, and needed in a, in, a, in a culture and a generation where, um, you know, so much of our interaction is mediated by screens. Yeah. And yeah. it's uh, valuable.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point is, uh, yeah, increasingly our students are just not getting that kind of interaction. I mean, sadly, that you know, there's not a lot of, I mean... There are dinner tables in the homes, but oftentimes everyone's so busy, they're not sitting down having that kind of interaction. So small group time can can be that. And let me also remind people, uh, Tasha Chapman was on episode 356, if people want to go back and listen to that. Because as I think of a teaching technique, I can remember early on, and I, I think I've said this before too, it's as I'm teaching students, I was thinking, you know what, I've never been taught really how to teach. And you just kind of learn things through the years. And asking questions is – such an easy way to just engage students. But like um, Greg said, Tasha has some good questions to ask. So you're not putting students on the spot or making them feel threatened or, or whatever. Um, so that's that's really helpful. Brad, did you have a teaching technique that you've thought of? Yeah, I think here? just
4: flowing from some of the things that Greg said, like knowing what you want to say and being able to say it in one sentence um, is super important. Uh, less is more. Um, yeah, I think also, uh, you know keeping the i think i've heard someone say keep make the main point the main point yes. and don't really say much more hmm. uh I, I think it's super helpful too so youth ministry is a safe place to fail uh and so most of our you know it's okay to try things that you maybe wouldn't hmm. try in, in corporate worship uh for instance like it the barriers that we have like it's better to be able to be more relatable and not be a prison to your notes hmm. and um and, and so youth ministry is usually a safe place to do some of that um Unless you have an elder sitting in the back of the room, or something like that. Um, but yeah, like my, I, I've learned more and more keeping the main point, the main point, and just kind of sticking to it. Or keeping, I heard someone say uh, the kiss rule: keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. And and so for me, I mean, I'm. Most of our students aren't coming in ready to listen to a thirty-minute academic, um, lesson, and so being able to tell stories, mm-hmm. to be relatable, to have conversation. Uh, I think that those things are all very valuable, and yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, you have to be willing to risk some things and try some things. Um, but less is more, and yeah. keeping it simple is great.
1: Yeah, I think that that's good. And as you as you said, I, I yeah, the elder in the room. I can remember when I first started teaching. Um, I was just doing a Wednesday night lesson, and then all of a sudden, this ruling elder walks in right before we began. I'm like, "What is he doing here? Oh my goodness!" And I, I mean, I was terrified that he's in this. Room. He was super kind and gracious but I was just so intimidated to have him in the room because I mean that's something you know as you're teaching you're kind of thinking about your audience and I'm thinking okay students and all of a sudden a ruling elder walks in so that kind of that kind of threw me but yeah going back to your point on simplicity I mean then students I just think more and more the importance of small groups because our students they're in classes all day long listening to lectures and when they show up on Wednesday night or whatever night it is, we don't want to give them another lecture you know let's let's sit down open the word together and, and read through it um yeah so i just think that's that's important in teaching were you gonna say yeah, something
4: yeah and i think too like for us in sunday school oftentimes i feel like we're tempted to make it like church 2.0 and it's okay mm-hmm. to be like to think outside of the box like what are some different things we can teach or what are some different ways that we can organize this hour that we have it doesn't need to be singing lesson for 20 minutes prayer Um, You can do a variety of different things on a Sunday morning. And so we we emphasize a lot of just fellowship. And so we kind of give students a lot of time just to be together. Um, We look for ways to kind of foster that, like through forced fun. So like things you have to do, but also things that, you know, um, just having the room open and having lots of different things for lots of different people. Yeah. So not everyone's comfortable walking into a room and just... Being like, oh, there's 50 people in here. Who am I going to go talk to? So we have things that they can color, things mm. that they can write, yeah. things that they can play with with their hands. Um, and so we do all that on Sunday morning as well. Mm. But um, I guess that kind of was a, was a rabbit trail. No, that's a helpful
1: rabbit trail. I mean, that's something as we w- – a few weeks ago, you know, we were doing Essentials of a Youth Room. And I know that point was made a couple of times of having – something you know for the students to do with their hands or whatever when they walk in it just makes the room more inviting and comfortable and so i think that's that's a good point point and the whole church 2.0 thing that's something we need to spend a whole podcast i think talking about because i'm i'm with you on that it doesn't need to just mirror the sunday morning formal worship service that's taking place um greg i know you wanted to add to it
2: yeah and and um going back to that and it made me think of it when you're talking about uh drawing and art uh Brad but um, when we were doing, we were doing a series recently where for the small group time, you don't always necessarily have to have like, you know, a traditional small group. We were um, trying to build in experiences that they could share together in their small groups that were related to the, the teaching. So we were, did like a, we did a lesson on visual art. What does What does God have to do with visual art? And so then they were tasked in their small groups to create some visual art. Wow. And um, I was with some of our older guys, and let's just say it was interesting. <laughs> um, but we had a great time, and then we had them on poster boards, and then we, like, stuck them all over the youth house, and it was a lot of fun. Nice. And we did something for um, also um, performance art and, and basically trying to weave it in, and then we, just, we did one on music, and so then you're listening to music and you're talking about the music. So it's, it's, it's tactile, and it's, and it's uh, multi-sensory, and it's um, and it's en- it's engaging them in conversation about what you've been teaching, hmm. and, and not everybody's structured that way where you have you know discussion time after large group, um, so that may not work for everybody. But um, yeah, just I, I think feeling like you're you're kind of like a mad scientist a little bit <laughs> in the learning learning laboratory, just tink- tinkering around and trying some things. I mean, obviously there's some some guardrails and there's some things to consider, sure. but. Um, yeah, I, I think if you're as much as you can weave it all together, it's kind of like um, I think I heard. Remember Richie Sessions talking about? Um, he writes sermons like he would write songs, hmm. and so so thinking about your whether it's a retreat or a whole e- like youth group evening, it's it's got parts It's all parts of the same song, mm-hmm. and it'll and it'll be more more powerful um, for students, and they won't even know it because it it's just it's hitting them, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that's kind of fun trying to figure out how to how to do that yeah. kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, look, we, we've got about five minutes left. Um, I know you all have seen the questions. There's a lot of questions on there. Are there any questions you just kind of want to give a you know brief thought, question, I mean, answer to, response to, um, anything that jumps out on that? Brad, what's your question?
4: Yeah, so, like, uh, I think a few of the questions were aimed at kind of, like, how do you find rest in ministry? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or how do you separate work from mm-hmm. your life? Mm-hmm. Uh and so a few things that I've done, and these are just really practical things. But when I'm not on a trip, I delete email from my phone. Oh yeah. And so like I'm not looking at emails at six o'clock at night, and I don't feel the pressure of having to respond when I'm not in the office. And I've, I think I've been putting one of my signatures that I, in all the emails that I send. Like, uh, you know, if you need me, you can call me on my phone. But like I'll reply to emails and whatever between nine and five, just <laughs> so I, parents and people i work with know that Mm -hmm. i also don't text anybody that i work with Mm. after five o'clock on a weekday. nice and so unless it's it's super rare if i ever have to do that yeah and and so just trying to you know being able to separate i think the phone makes it really hard because you've got your life wrapped up in it but you also have your work wrapped and it it almost feels like you can never get any rest yes so yeah as much as i go through various stages but as much as i can turn my phone off when i'm at home um, because probably 95 percent of my life on my phone is work-related, mm-hmm. um, that's super helpful. But even just finding rest, uh, finding something that you love, and just finding time to do it, and taking breaks. Like, we all, you know, I've, I've tried to get in the good habit of on my day off, I don't go see students for lunch um, on my day off, I'm not going to committee meetings. Um, it's my day off. Um, obviously, there's some times where you have to deviate from that sure. path. But, you know, if you deviate from the path, make it up somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I just – I know if I'm going to be at church until 9 o'clock at night, I have the freedom to go in at noon. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think having a good relationship with whoever you work with um, or whoever oversees you is super important just so they know where you're at and what you're doing. Because, you you know, you could work 60 to 80-hour weeks doing youth ministry. And so you need to just – for me, it's riding bikes. Mm. I love riding bikes. And so I'll wake up at 4.45 in the morning and go Mm. for a bike ride. I need that. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, just to get through the day, and so um, just just finding what you like and setting off time to do it is super important.
1: Yeah, yeah, there so many good things you said. I mean, going back to yeah, deleting email off of your phone, I've I've done that before, and just uh, a search engine as well. Just trying to make you know your smartphone a dumb phone. I think there's an article that kind of walks through steps on, on doing that. Can yeah, it can just be a practical way to help you kind of leave uh, work at the office a little bit. So that's good. Greg, what are some thoughts? Uh, a question that jumped out at you. Um,
2: well, I'll just say this one because it's, it's uh, pretty relevant right now. But um, where I lost it on the sheet here. But it's something about um, how do you leave your church in a healthy way? Oh, yeah. So I'm in yeah. the middle of that right now. Um, Moving into a new call and, 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 and out of youth ministry uh, after a long time. And I'll just say one thing about that, and, and this is just where I'm at right now. I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm the middle of making sense of that. Hmm. Um, I think just sitting in the tension of people's grief of, of your leaving, like my temptation is when students are sad or people are sad. It's just say, well, you know, <laughs> um, you know, p- p- kind of try to paint a silver lining on it. Um, but just letting, letting people be sad, um, letting people bless you, also grieve yourself, mm-hmm. um, and, and really take the time and make the space and, uh, Trying to care for myself well in, in the in the middle of it, um, the advice that I've I've gotten um, recently about this is um, which is hard for me. I'm a I'm a three on the enneagram. I want to I'm living the future and I'm ready to roll. I'm ready to <laughs> keep going. And uh, the advice I, I received was uh, stay for the applause, and let things end. Hmm. And uh, that's hard for me because um, like I just said, but um, really, l- I'm blessing others and letting people bless you. Uh, grieve the change, be present. I'm really, that's one of my things every day I'm writing my journal is be, I, I'm, I'm wanting to be attentive and available and unhurried when I'm with people. Um, and just really, yeah, really making time for folks and for, for rest along the way, because it's exhausting yeah. uh, to make a change and make a transition. And again, that's not even mentioning like, you know, perhaps you're going through a, a transition and there's been really painful parts of it too. So the more traumatic or painful it is, the more you need to be attentive to that mm-hmm. kind of stuff Yeah, and, and appreciating the good and the things you can give thanks for, but also the things that, you know, that are, that are hurt or that you're processing. Um, so making time and space and make sure you're talking about that with people. Um, but yeah, that's, that's something not on the list that jumped out just cause yeah. that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, thanks for, for sharing that, Greg. I, I know that is – yeah, that's that's fresh and you're processing it. Maybe even a few months down the road we can get you back on to kind of <laughs> process on the other side of it and kind of let us know how that, how that goes. Uh, but, Brad, Greg, um, you guys have students at this conference and you're tired and you're busy. And I know there's basketball tournaments today and night out tonight. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff going on. So I appreciate you all just taking a few minutes to sit down and to uh, – yeah, share the, the wisdom the Lord has has given you through your years of uh, youth ministry. So I hope you guys have a good day. Oh,
4: come and buy without money Oh,
0: come and feast without pay